0: Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwald, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. In the United States, 8% of our energy generating capacity comes from wind turbines. That's more than any other renewable resource. And wind power has more than tripled over the past decade. More than half of that capacity comes from just five states, Texas, Iowa, Oklahoma, California and Kansas. According to the American Wind Energy Association, there are over 56,000 wind turbines across the country that provide a capacity of around 96,000 megawatts, enough to power more than 15 million homes. The Department of Energy projects that by 2050, that wind capacity will increase to more than 400 gigawatts. So how can you get in on this growing wind energy action? Many electric utilities allow you to tap into wind and other renewable sources of power if you pay a little bit more for a green option. More consumers signing up for green energy means those utilities will work to procure more of it. Now let's take a look at how wind turbines work and some of the potential pros and cons. How do wind turbines work? Wind power actually starts with the sun. In order for the wind to blow, the sun first heats up a section of land along with the air above it. That hot air rises since a given volume of hot air is lighter than the same volume of cold air. Cooler air then rushes in to fill the void left by that hot air, and voila, a gust of wind. The Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy describes a wind turbine as, quote, the opposite of a fan. Simply stated, the turbine takes the energy in that wind and converts it into electricity. So how does it do that? First, the wind applies pressure on the long, slender blades, usually two or three of them, causing them to spin, much like the wind pushes a sailboat along its path through the water. The spinning blades then cause the rotor, or that conical cap on the turbine, and an internal shaft to spin as well, at somewhere around 30 to 60 revolutions per minute. The ultimate goal is to spin an assembly of magnets in a generator, which will, well, generate voltage in a coil of wire thanks to electromagnetic induction. Generators require faster revolutions, however, so a gearbox typically connects this lower speed shaft to a higher speed shaft by increasing the spin rate to around 1,000 to 1,800 revolutions per minute. These gearboxes are costly as well as heavy, so engineers are looking to design what they call direct drive generators that can work at the lower speeds. So wind turbines take the kinetic energy in the wind, that's the energy due to the motion of the particles in the air, and turn it into mechanical power. That power can be used directly, for example, as it often is in windmills for doing things like grinding grain or pumping water, or the generator converts it to electricity check out the great graphic on the U.S. Department of Energy's website that walks you through that process. To maximize efficiency, turbines have a wind vane that measures the direction of the wind so that the turbine can orient itself to be more directly in the wind's path. The blades also sit at 100 feet or more above the ground, so they are subjected to the faster winds found at higher altitudes. Most turbines further require winds of 8 to 16 miles per hour to operate and have a shutoff function to prevent them from operating at wind speeds higher than around 55 miles per hour because they could be damaged. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Wind power is also more space efficient than solar power. Just one large wind turbine can power 600 homes, a task that would require a much larger spread of solar panels. The space between the wind turbines can also be used for other purposes. But what happens when the wind stops blowing? When we turn on our television or start running the AC using wind power, we get that energy from an interconnected grid, which pools together the electricity generated by many turbine locations, rather than a single wind farm. So the wind doesn't have to be blowing in your own backyard. It just has to be blowing somewhere that's contributing to your grid whether that be Iowa, Texas, or California. However, the wind is unpredictable. The wind does blow at night, which is an obvious advantage of wind over solar power, but at least we know the sun will rise again in the morning. The wind will always blow on our planet. We are just not always sure of when or where. This unpredictability is one of the biggest barriers to using wind power exclusively, and also why your utility company doesn't rely completely on one energy source. Most use a mix, including natural gas. There is a large amount of anecdotal evidence, mostly in the form of complaints from those living nearby, that wind turbines can cause health problems due to the low-frequency noise they produce. Those complaints include reports of everything from anxiety to headaches to nausea to vertigo. Notably, this list does not include cancer. However, no scientific studies have been able to draw a clear link between wind turbines and health. And they've tried. The Australian government established a select committee on wind turbines, which reported in 2015 that there was a lack of evidence to link any of the reported illnesses to the wind turbines. The Australian Medical Association agreed with them. And in an article in the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine titled, quote, Wind Turbines and Health, a Critical Review of the Scientific Literature, the authors combed the archives for existing studies, and the worst they found was an association with what they call annoyance. They further concluded that, quote, infrasound near wind turbines does not exceed audibility thresholds, end quote. Further research into the claims of adverse health effects of living near wind turbines is needed to explain their strong anecdotal support. And developments of carefully interspersed and well-connected grids of wind farms would clearly be needed if we were to increase our dependency on wind power. High upfront investment costs are also a barrier to increasing our use of this clean, renewable, and sustainable resource. Because fossil fuel rates are so much lower, estimates claim it takes anywhere from 10 to 20 years to break even on a newly constructed wind turbine. The return on that investment, in the form of the potential reduction in greenhouse gases plaguing our planet, however, is priceless. Until next time, this is Dr. Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Helping You Make Sense of Science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter, where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at EverydayEinstein at QuickAndDirtyTips.com. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll,